It's April, so that means it's time for the 30-minute hour with me, Michelle Manning, therapist, provocateur, and Jen. Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen. That's right, I'm here. Not Jen, Jen is here. And, and we're, Jen in the house. <laughs> we're laughing and very lighthearted because the topic today is post-traumatic stress disorder 101. You know, the, the feel-good topic of the season, right? Feel good podcast of the decade. <laughs> what is that? Um, brand placement. <laughs> so it is. It's a feel good topic of the season of yes. the decade. PTSD 101. What do you know about post-traumatic stress disorder, Jen? What do I not know about post-traumatic stress disorder? So do you think that you have it? Do I think that I have it? <laughs> well, Michelle. <laughs> so have you ever been diagnosed with it? Yes. When? Mm-hmm. Nine years ago. Okay. So in last, in last month's podcast, we had talked about how to make your therapist your bitch. When you were diagnosed with PTSD, was your therapist your bitch at that time? No. Did you trust them? No. So do you think that they based that diagnosis on something that was trustworthy? It's hard to say. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, when you knew that you were diagnosed with that, how did you feel? Were you like, oh, thank God, now I understand what's going on with me? Well, it works a little bit different for me. Um, I had a friend who um, was familiar and had gone to grad school. And I um, must have been a rad friend. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So... Beautiful? Was she beautiful? Was oh she man! Just, like she had naturally purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> just grew out naturally that way. Okay. Um, so your friend. And so my friend, I'm like, you know, talking to her about all my shit and stuff, and she's like, I'd never really thought about it before. I'm a fucking adult at this time, and I hadn't even really thought about it. And um, I'm like, just talking to my shit, and she's like, Damn, have you ever thought maybe you have PTSD? I'm like, wow, No, never fucking think about that. And then she got me thinking about it to where the next time I walked into a therapist's office, I already pretty much knew some of that was going on. Right. Um, But I didn't let them know that. Why? Because I wanted to see what their diagnosis would be if they would think the same. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Because you were testing it. You were just kind of seeing, excuse me, trying to see if they could earn your trust. Right. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Because I will tell you as someone who has been on the other side, you know, um, meaning I'm the therapist and I'm the one that's looking at people and people are coming in presenting with anxiety disorder and depression and communication issues and trust issues or whatever, you know, um, it is that brings them to me when it is so evident to see that they have post-traumatic stress. And it's frustrating because post-traumatic stress is something that we have created specializations around. So if you feel as if you have PTSD, then you're supposed to or expected to go see someone who specializes in post-traumatic stress. And that's daunting because then, again, going back to the podcast um, for March, when we were talking about how daunting it is to find a therapist, let alone a specialist. Now I'm seeing two therapists. Right. Why can't you just be my bitch and help me figure out this issue? Just know right? everything. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, um, um, we, therapists who don't suck almost know everything. 
I mean, I, I, I don't want to be one to brag, but... <laughs> well, my <five>. friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that gorgeous, sophisticated yeah, friend of yours. <laughs> like your naturally purple hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she did know everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think one of the reasons she slash me knows a lot about post-traumatic stress isn't simply because I have it. I definitely have it. I Maybe if we have time, we'll get into that a little bit. But... It's so easy to see. When you are a therapist who doesn't suck, it is so easy to see. Because one of the telltale signs that therapists who don't suck can identify are disproportionate reactions. If you are having a disproportionate reaction to an event, a circumstance, a stimulus, a person, an argument, you more than likely have post-traumatic stress. That doesn't mean that you have post-traumatic stress disorder because, sorry, specialists out there, that's a thing too. You can have post-traumatic stress. It doesn't always have to be a disorder. It can be. It certainly can be. But it doesn't always have to be. And so one of the, as I said, one of the identifying, you know, marks, one of the indicator lights is, is your reaction disproportionate? So... Let me ask you this, just knowing about post-traumatic stress, not even about your particular experiences. Did you have disproportionate reactions that used to confuse the fuck out of you? Yes. Okay. And when, go ahead. Yes. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, but, and it also pisses me off because before I found that out from my friend, I had gone to therapy and I had expressed these you know, disproportionate, and um, no one ever said, hey, I think you have PTSD. Right. So I'm like, what the frack, therapist? Like, I was going to a therapist. It takes my friend, you know, having to, yeah. So um, that's pretty frustrating because I think um, had I known at that time, couldn't come out. Oh, there would have been so much that you would have been able to do to that. Yeah. You know, that you would have been able to do with it, learn more about it, better manage it. You know, and that's one of the reasons why this is post-traumatic stress, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder 101, to give people, you, me, anybody who might be listening, um, an indicator light. Sorry, the stewed dudes wanted to make sure we were okay on time. Are we okay on time? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, those indicator lights, because if the therapist is not equipped to be able to see them, if you can see them. Like you said, you know, you were able to take that little tiny chunk of information, go into, you know, um, an appointment and say, hey, I think something's up with this and I don't think it's me. Mm -hmm. Because when you would have a disproportionate reaction that would confuse the fuck out of you, um, did you feel guilty for that? Did you feel shameful for that reaction? Did you feel as if you should blame yourself? Because, oh, my God, you're really overreacting, Jennifer. Yeah, Totally. How many people told you that you were overreacting? Tons of people. Ten, so many people that it got into my head that I am just totally re- overreacting. Absolutely. You, you know, not that um, the abuse or the trauma or anything of that played a significant role in my life. No. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just overreacting. Right. And then, you know, the fact that I'm in therapy and I'm not being told that that's what it is. I I look back and it's really frustrating for me too, because I'm kind of like, okay, did that therapist know? How could they have not have known? Right. Um, And just didn't want to tell me? Yeah. Or even worse, did they not know? Right. Oh yeah. That's even worse. So, right. right, Yeah. yeah. So I spent years going to this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the money. 
You know, we're not we're not even I mean, yes, of course, obviously, we're talking about the impact that shitty therapy and shitty therapists can have on someone. But let's also take a look at the money and the time and the insurance negotiation and everything that goes, you know, along with this. I'm sorry, this topic gets me really, really passionate. Yeah, you're getting worked up. I am so getting worked up. I'm so getting worked up because this is not something to fuck around. And when I say that, I'm not talking about, you know, we've got to take mental health seriously because, yes, obviously we do have to take mental health seriously. But we also have to take seriously the fact that people are investing their time, their money, and their energy to someone to help them figure this shit out. Why are they having disproportionate reactions only to be gaslighted by the therapist? What the fuck? You know, and it does. It pisses me off. That is so not cool. And so if you at least as a person can recognize that I'm having a disproportionate reaction and you can get your team to rally around you, that's going to give you a huge benefit. Let me give you an example. Okay. So you are a person who is walking um, in the supermarket and you take your family and you go to the supermarket and there's never an issue in the supermarket. You go to the big box uh, construction stores, Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever those stores are. You go to those stores and you walk around and there's never a problem. You don't have any issues going in and out of the aisle. But you go to the mall. And one day you see someone who just happens to either look a certain way, wear a certain piece of clothing in a certain way, and you lose your shit. Okay, that's a disproportionate reaction. And if your team says you're overreacting, you need to settle down, they're not paying attention. Because if you have an issue with overreacting, and I know you're going to know where I'm going with this, if you have an issue with overreacting, you're going to overreact with everything. Overreaction is going to be your problem at the big box stores, at the supermarket, on the playground. You're always going to be an overreactor. Right. But if you are overreacting in one circumstance that is weird, that is wonky, that doesn't make any sense, it's a disproportionate reaction and it needs our love. It needs yeah. some TLC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, to be able to look at it. You mm -hmm. know, let's look at this and let's figure out why. Because I have been fortunate enough, just simply for this podcast, I have been fortunate enough to have been with you when you were triggered. Yes. And that trigger is what I use to describe that disproportionate reaction. Mm -hmm. And I saw it. And you were so shameful. Like you had so much shame and so much guilt that you were killing our buzz. Which time are we talking about? This was... Um, <laughs> It's so, not that it's funny, but like really. We were at an event for your old place of business that had us at a hotel. And yes. and we'll keep it there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We'll just keep it there. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't anything violent. It wasn't anything volatile. Nobody had approached you. Nobody could see that you were under threat, which would make it very easy to say, oh, my God, you're overreacting. Right. Yeah. But you weren't. I wonder if you didn't have the knowledge that you had at the time would have maybe thought I was overreacting. No. No. I, I know. I don't well, think Well, you're so. different. Yeah. I know. I am different. Yeah, I am very yeah. different. Because and I, I pay attention. You right, know, and that's right. probably one of the things that makes me good at what I do. Because I know that you you don't overreact. You're dramatic. There's a difference. You know what I mean? I know how to deal with drama, Jen. That's that's easy. She's fun. I know what she's doing. She can get on your nerves, which is great because we all can get on each other's nerves, right. you know. But drama gen is not disproportionate gen. 
I don't get on nerves, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's really interesting because now that I think back to that time, I remember that. And I remember being talked down and, you know, you just kind of understanding where I'm coming from and me being able to look at it and say, that's what this is. Yeah. Shit. That's what this is. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that you really need to understand, you, me, anybody, anybody who has had traumatic events in their life, one of the things that you need to understand is it's like allergies. Allergies are actually the perfect analogy, metaphor, whatever English rule you want to pull out of your arse. Allergies is the best thing for it because nobody asked for allergies, just like nobody asked for trauma. Nobody asks for severe allergies or mild allergies. Nobody asks for their allergic reactions. Right. Just like trauma. Nobody asks to be the crazy lady in the middle of the night walking down the street. That's my jam. But I didn't ask for that. Right. That's what happens to me when I'm triggered. It's not a character defect. It's not a character flaw. It's not even reflective of myself. It's a reflection of my experiences, none of which I have asked for, like allergies. Mm -hmm. And so I think for you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think for you, when you got to a place where you could recognize that any triggered responses that you had were just like an allergic reaction, things probably started <clears throat> to open up for you a lot. Yeah, they did. They did. And it's really interesting because um, I started to understand my triggers. And um, I just remember, I think it was the the Ray Rice thing where he punched his wife or something in the oh, yeah. elevator yeah. or something. And that triggered me so bad. Yeah. it. I mean, it, it was, I was right back to that night, yep. you know, same type of trigger. Yep. Only this time I could understand it. Yeah. And I could understand, you know, what, why this was happening right. and whatnot. And um, it, it just changed. You know, it's funny because I think if all of those fucking specialists out there who treat post-traumatic stress disorder, if they could work with their clients or patients, as they like to call them, um, if they can work with their clients, their patients, and approach it from the perspective of allergies, this is essentially what you have. Basically what you're saying. When you recognize what it is and you do not spend time trying to go down the shame, blame, and guilt wormhole, then you have more time to figure out how do I make my allergic reaction not so severe. If you're allergic to junipers, you are... Well, first of all, you live in New Mexico, so you're going to have, yeah, right. you're going to have an allergic reaction. But if we approach this perspective with harm reduction in that, okay, the allergic reaction is going to be there, but does it have to be so bad? Right, right. You know? Got like your allergic reaction spray. That yes, be, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly right. <clears throat> yeah. You know, does it have to be so bad? Because anaphylactic shock is much different than hives. Right. Hives are much different than a runny nose and sneezing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and I take a runny nose and sneezing, excuse me, sneezing over hives any day. And I take hives over anaphylactic shock any day. <laughs> right there with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Definitely. panic, I know for me, and I, I don't know if this goes for everybody. I doubt that it does. But I know for me, 
when I am triggered, I go into a state of panic and it's not anxiety. Anxiety and panic are different. And anybody who has ever experienced both knows this, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety and panic are different. I can deal with anxiety. That's easy. Panic, not so cool. Yeah. And so getting to a point where now I just go into anxious states as opposed to panicked states mm-hmm. doesn't feel as threatening Yeah, to just live and be and be exposed. Right. Yeah. It's more manageable for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You know, and think about it from this perspective, too. When you have disproportionate reactions, before you know what they are, you are just completely overwhelmed with shame, blame, and guilt, right? Yeah, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah, you're not processing the experience as a standalone disproportionate reaction. You're processing how fucked up you are, and then you're so shameful, and you need to blame yourself, and then you feel guilty for how fucked up you are, Mm -hmm. which completely takes your eye off the ball. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, um, blaming the fact that you didn't wear the same colored socks for your allergy attack. Right? Right. Has nothing to do with the other. Mm -mm. And when you look at it from the perspective of allergies, how many people feel shame when they have an allergy attack? Do you? No. Right. Right. (laughs) You're freaking irritated. Yeah. What the hell's this? Just like triggers are irritating as well. Why is this happening right now? What the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. don't feel shame, blame, and guilt no. for having allergies. You are sneezing, and maybe even if you sneeze on your friend, you know? Yeah. Maybe even if you sneeze on your friend, that sucks, and now your friend's irritated, but it's not shame, blame, and guilt. Mm-mm. No. So it's so much easier to recover from. So much easier to recover from, yeah, totally. And, um, like, you know, triggers still happen. Yeah. Um, to this day. And so it's kind of though when it happens, I don't get in that de- debilitated state. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck, this is triggering me really shit now. Okay, okay, here we are. Yeah. Triggered. You know, yeah. Where's my spray? Where, right. Where's my meg? Exactly. Hey, honey, can Where's you go to Claritin? the drugstore? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, totally. As opposed to fuck. Yeah. And then everything stops and mm-hmm. then you stop, mm-hmm. you know. I, Instead of it becoming like a migraine. Yes, you know? that is exactly what I was going to say, because I think in one of the biggest triggers that I had ever experienced, it took my body, not even my emotional state, it took my body about yeah. two days to recover from that. Yeah. You know, just because I was so, I was just, it, it, what it does to your body, especially when you get to that state, because mm-hmm. when you get to that state of a very intense trigger, strangely enough, you can tell me if this is your experience, it's almost as if your mind and your emotions are fine. And your mind and emotions are saying, what the hell are you getting so upset for? But your body is gone. Right. It is shaking and it is crying and it is, it's fight or flight. Fight, flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. You're going to do one or the other. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll shut you down. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. And then you, you know, instead of not going to or not going on the date that night, you can't go to your kid's birthday party the next day because you're too exhausted or you can't show up to work or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you know. And then, and then it just keeps going, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper down that wormhole. Well, now you're a fuck up because you didn't go to work because you were too tired from your panic attack and what a pansy you are for having a panic attack and you suck. Yeah. Right? Right. With an exclamation point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So just stay in bed today and just be shitty all day. Yeah. And so then if I just stayed in bed today and I'm shitty all day, then I might as well be shitty tomorrow and I might as well be shitty the next day because I'm shit. Yeah. I'm a shit person. Yeah. And it all came from that one little fucking trigger. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, just doing this kind of side by side in our little PT to SD 101 topic, just doing a side by side of how we as a society and maybe even globally, you know, how we approach people who have allergies and how we approach people who have post-traumatic stress, even us. Mm -hmm. Allergies are something we didn't ask for. So we don't blame anybody for having them. Right. And that we don't treat people shitty because they have them. You know, I, I want to understand about your allergies. Are you allergic to juniper? Are you allergic to this? You know, yeah. If you're allergic to sage, I won't burn it in my house before you come, you know, just but I need to understand these things about you. That's it. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. all. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, um, and like I said, it just gets so frustrating because we put so much emphasis on the disordered state instead of recognizing that, yeah, it can be a disordered state, but does it have to be? Nobody ever asked that question. Right. Yeah. No, they don't ever ask that question. It's kind of like, okay, you have PTSD. Damn, you're screwed for life. Totally. You have PTSD. You're in that category. There are so many people, you know, kind of taking it back to the therapist's office. There are so many people that I work with who get so afraid of getting into new relationships because they are so concerned about the impact on the other person that their own post-traumatic stress is going to have on them. So sometimes they just won't go into relationships because of that fear. Well, I'm so damaged. I'm so traumatized. I have my post-traumatic stress triggers, and I just I don't want them to think I'm crazy. Wow, I wish that were me. I just jumped into that thing. Was like, hey, you got to do it with me and my fucking PTSD. Now, I don't even know what it is right now, but. Now, but what about then? You know what I mean? When you had everybody telling you, oh, my God, you're overreacting. Well, at that point, you're still thinking it is just overreacting. Exactly. So you're not thinking that you're bringing anything bad to the relationship. I mean, I didn't think that I was bringing anything bad to the relationship. You're just overreacting. I'm just overreacting until later on in the relationship, I'm being triggered by shit. My partner's fucking getting my triggers taken out on him. Yeah. Y you know, yeah, totally. So I almost wish that I was aware enough. Yeah. I, I mean, that's sad to say because this, you're saying, I mean, is a, is a sad thing for people, which I totally get. But then I'm kind of like, damn, I wish that I had a little bit of that because I would not have put so much of my PTSD and my issues and shit on my partner. Right. Um, which is interesting as well, because when we get to a point where we really understand what it is, again, like allergies, swear this is a beautiful side by side. When we recognize what we are allergic to and ways to remedy or mitigate our reaction, we're the ones that go to the store to get our drugs. We're the ones that go to the doctor. So in other words, we're accountable for it. It's our baggage. Yeah. We didn't ask for it, but we're carrying it, and that sucks, but it is what it is. Right. Okay, so it's our baggage. And sometimes, again, like post-traumatic stress, like allergies, sometimes we need some help. Sometimes we need that person to go to the drugstore in the middle of the night because our hives are driving us crazy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to say, the pollen count's really high that day, so I don't think we'll go to the bio park. Let's just, you know, yeah. do something else. Right. Yeah. It's so easy. It's not as easy to apply, but it's easy to comprehend when we break it up that way. Mm -hmm. And if it's easy to comprehend, then wouldn't that be the first step to application? Yeah. 
But if they're not telling us in the therapist's office, how in the fuck are we supposed to know? Sorry. Because you've been to grad little, school. Got a little heated. <laughs> grad school. Yeah. So, like, you know that shit. Exactly. You know, you're programmed to know that, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I have been to the workshops that are um, specializing in post-traumatic stress. Come to this workshop and we'll teach you all about post-traumatic stress. And they still don't have a fucking clue. No, no. That's something that you can teach. It's not in that way. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not in that way, unless you truly do it this way. And I'm not saying, you know, my way is the best way, even though it is. Um, But this, go ahead. But is your way the best way because you've been exposed to PTSD as well? No. Do you honestly want to know? My way is the best way because of how many people that I've worked with. Yeah. That's why. Because I see it. I see the shame, blame, and guilt come into my office every single time. Did you feel the shame, blame, and guilt to where now? Oh, my God. Please, what if every therapist cannot relate to the PTSD because they've never experienced it? So they're just going along with what they've learned at these workshops. Yeah, no, that's true. And so I think you bring up a good point, which is, you know, yes, you do bring up good points every now and again, Jen. When you're not dry humping. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So... Some of the people will say, you know, well, in order to truly be an effective therapist, you have to walk in the shoes of the people that you work with. But then other people will say, no, you can't walk in the shoes of everybody that you work with. But then, you know, compassion and empathy and sympathy and blah, 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 you know, all of these different types of things. So in answer to your question, I think that you have a point in that, yes, I know what it feels like to feel that shame when you shouldn't be feeling that shame at all. But on the other hand, you don't need to. That's not what you need to do. What you need to do is figure out, well, this is this is what I would do in my office. I would see the shame, blame, and guilt coming in, and I would recognize that they had some shame, blame, and guilt around their response, and I could see that it was a disproportionate response. So I would ask them, because I ask questions, because questions and being curious is good. You ask for more than, how does that make you feel? I do. I have two other questions that I can ask, so that puts me at three. Two other ones? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And honestly, those two other questions are, what do you have to feel shameful of? Why do you feel guilty? You know, because I want to know if someone is bringing in shame, I'm going to want to know why they feel that way. Mm -hmm. You -hmm. know, that's important. And so when I would ask that question, what are you shameful of? Well, the response would be, I'm shameful for overreacting. Yeah. And then I would say, well, hold on. Why would you be shameful of that? And we start digging, you know, and we're not digging because I have all the answers. We start digging because... That's too weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's too weird. You're scared right now. You know, kind of going back to that episode that you and I, you know, were together with, you know, I'm able to look at you and I'm like, okay, you're scared right now. Something is scaring you. You're not scared all the time. So Especially not like that. Right. You know? So something is scaring you. That's valid. I don't know what it is. You might not even be able to say what it is, but the fact that it's scaring you is valid. So no, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what the hell is going on. How crazy that right away we go to shame oh with that. Oh, my. You know? Oh. Like, why couldn't... And I do this a little bit more so now that I've had, like, the proper help and stuff. But, like, why couldn't we look at it and be like, that's not our fucking fault. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You're so right. How funny it is that we go to shame. Like, instantly go to shame. Mm-hmm. I did it. You did it. Everybody does it. I hate that shit. I hate it, too. And that's one thing that I haven't been able to figure out. Why? I know. Seriously. As someone who loves observing people and as someone who loves seeing patterns, shame is one of those things. Well, when are you going to figure it out? 
I need to know. Okay. Let's go to others. I think I did. Um, I've got less than two and a half minutes figured out, and I think I just did. Okay, Because I'm that good. Yeah, you are. Are you ready? Get it. Give it to me. Self-worth. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's self-worth. Yeah. Because one experience doesn't diminish your self-worth. One right. experience doesn't of someone saying, yeah, yeah, one experience of someone saying you're overreacting doesn't diminish your self-worth. Ten experiences of someone or even people saying that you're overreacting is definitely going to get you that, right. you know, kind of put yeah. you in that place where but you're But when diminished. you know your shit and you know you're like, I'm not overreacting. That shit is fucked up. And that's, yeah, yeah. And I know what it is and I know how to process it and deal with it and that whole shit. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only reason why I was able to get through and overcome my shame mm-hmm. because I knew, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, now that you say that, I'm looking at it and I'm like, damn, once I did get that self-worth, I did yeah. realize that ain't my shame. Yeah. That's not my shit to hold. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just making me small. Yeah. I think that when you get to that point, especially if you can begin to objectify trauma as not of you, but rather something that happened, happened to you. Yeah. yeah. It's not who you are. Right. Yeah. When you get to that point, then we kind of, you know, cleared the way to begin working on self-worth mm-hmm. because- and then, well, and then you can kind of realize, damn, that trauma made me a badass bitch. Like, truly, like, you know, I, I kind of hate that it's there. kind of hate that all the shit that goes along with it. But I am a badass for what the fuck happened to me yeah. and for how my outcome from yes, it. Exactly. And from being able to handle these jam triggers. Yeah. And knowing what they are. And yeah. And being badass isn't just reserved for bitches. Mm-mm. It can be reserved for dicks and bros mm-hmm. as well. Just yeah. saying. We're equal yeah. opportunity. Totally. Yeah, no, no. We're equal opportunity <laughs> with our badass Badassery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, so it's it's interesting because understanding post-traumatic stress is not nearly as complicated as they make it. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. Which it goes to say, I've got 17 seconds to say this. It's the same way that we approach sex and food as a culture. We make it so fucking complicated. It's taboo. And it's so it's basic. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are two of the most. Let's talk about this shit. Come on. God. Yeah. In a simple way. Totally. Yes. Of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drives me agree. insane. Yeah. Don't you love drives talking about things that drive us insane? I do like talking about things that drive me insane. Yeah. It's good shit. Um, but if we were already insane before, are we being driven there? I mean, what does that mean then? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Because I am insane. I think we're just super smart psychopaths. Yeah. And, and, and psychopaths who love badass people. super smart psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> badass bitches who are yeah. super smart psychopaths who happen to love other people too. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes. Can't your like psychopathness sometimes be used for good? I, yes, but being bad is so much better. Yes. Thank you, Mae West. Oh, dude, dude. Dude, The timer has dinged, so it's time to sign off yet again. But first, thank you for listening, and thank you to our boys in the hood, Mark and Nick, with the Podcast Studio of New Mexico. Join us in May for our single moms, victims, survivors, or greater than God. Greater than God. See you then.